Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Windy City Cubs podcast, Jordan Burnfield, Brian Beto coming right on up. We're going to start with Anthony Rizzo saying no to the Cubs contract offer, going to play out his final season. I think the most concerning part for me is that Rizzo is channeling his John Lester and saying, hey, Lester was a legend in Boston, then he became a legend in Chicago, and Maybe Lester will become a legend now in Washington, although that one's in doubt. But he did do it in two places. And those guys are close. They've got the cancer connection. They've got the World Series connection. So maybe Rizzo's getting a vision that he can do this somewhere else. Anthony Rizzo, now my favorite guy on the team, if I had to list him, that would be Chris Bryant, who I'd like to see back more than anybody else on the team, who seems perhaps the least likely to be back. But who knows how this whole season will spin as uh, recording this on Wednesday with opening day tomorrow against the Pirates. I did check Cubs.com today just seeing what was going on with the tickets. Saturday sold out. Sunday sold out. Monday sold out. People want to go to the ballpark. Don't believe some of the reports on the Internet that a lot of people are scared to go to games. And I'm sure there are. Uh, but Cub fans are ready to rock and roll. The weather is supposed to be great this weekend, so that probably plays at least some part of it too, but I think mainly people just missing going into Wrigley Field. All right, we're starting with Rizzo. Let's get it going right now. Thank you for checking out the Windy City Cubs podcast. It starts right now. Showtime. Fly ball out in the deep left. Five years, 70 million bucks. That was the offer reportedly from the Cubs to the great Anthony Rizzo. Anybody offended on this call? Beto, you're a big Anthony Rizzo guy. You offended by that offer? I mean, if it's real, I, I mean, it seems like it is, but let's just assume it is offended maybe but I don't know who I'm offended by like I don't know if Jed Hoyer's kind of hands are tied a little bit we don't know what the budget situation like is it low yes um is it will it just absolutely destroy me if he's in another new uniform just as like a little kid subjective fandom in a uniform a year from now yes I want to see him even if it becomes an overpay and maybe I'm being biased and not looking at the big picture but I want him to find a way to get it done so that one stung a little bit for all the everything oh. that, that good old Tony has done. Okay, because Beto, you've become this like callous dude in your old age where you just don't care about your boyhood, your Rizzos <laughs> anymore, and now you're actually showing that this one does matter. 
Jordan? No, I, I, there's a there's an in between. There's an in between. While I I have evolved to look at new ways of thinking and the way to evaluate performances, you should try to think of joining the club. But there is you can't go First one way. You can't go one way completely, right? Like you, yes, you still can. have a mix of old school, like some some there's some some off number sort of stipulations that could go into overpaying for Rizzo. It shows support. It shows some of the young guys you're going to take care of the players, and I don't know how much value is in that, but there's some there's some stuff there. I, I have a heart still. You could absolutely say that no matter what, we better be at the top of the market for Anthony Rizzo or I'm going to freak because he's Anthony Rizzo. For the record, I'm not necessarily saying that. Jordan, Five years, well, seventy well, mil. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What do you think he's worth? If he were a free agent today, what do you think he would get on the open market? Great question. Five and a hundred. Five for ninety. Five for ninety. Okay, so if you guys are saying five for ninety or five for a hundred, then and I agree with you, then what the Cubs offered is like a starting point in a negotiation, right? So then, yeah. By that. By that sort of line of thinking, it doesn't offend me because isn't this how negotiations go? Like, I think it's unfortunate in a certain way that they couldn't get this done because I think the Cubs need positive publicity, and this would have provided it going into the season. But I do think that I would love to see him stay, but I wouldn't give him more than probably five for 90-ish. And so I think that if it turns out that at the end of this year, he ends up with five for 90 or five for a hundred, then realistically, if we're going to play this out, he's what? 31 years old now. That's correct. The end of that contract, you're not going to be getting the most out of Anthony Rizzo at that point. I would love for him to end his career as a cub. And I honestly don't have a problem regardless of direction. If they have to swallow $20 million a year, the last two years of Rizzo's deal is a thank you for all the things that he's done for the Cubs. But it doesn't offend me because I feel like this is how these things go, right? They probably said, let's offer five for 70. They'll come back with five for 100. We'll go to five for 85 or five for 90, and we get this done. Why it didn't get done now, I don't know. But I feel like that's how this thing is probably going to go because in the end, I don't see Rizzo leaving the Cubs unless he gets really overpaid by somebody. All right, so I'm preparing to fight with both of you today. That's my new mission for the next 28 minutes of this podcast. (laughs) Number one fight with you, Jordan, just now. The Cubs don't need good publicity. I I went on Cubs.com and looked for tickets over the weekend. You know what the Cubs are? Sold out. They're sold out to see Zach Dam Davies and... Jock Peterson, whoever the hell else they're running out there this weekend, Javi. Tony Bison. Walters. It, yeah, it, it, right, exactly. You, uh, you're gonna you're gonna go tomorrow to see it in uh, 38 degrees at Wrigley Field. Not, you're gonna be sitting there. That, that's a big no, but but people are, and and, and maybe it's being yeah. sold out this weekend because it's supposed to be 70 degrees this weekend. But the whole Cubs need good publicity. Like, no, they don't. They're the Cubs. Everybody loves the Cubs, and that's why we're doing this podcast because we love the Cubs. Um, everybody, everybody loves the Cubs. Loves the Cubs. I, I, I knew we were both gonna think that. Love the Cubs. Cubs, yeah. Cubs, Cubs. WGN Cubs bump if you weren't, if you're unfamiliar. Yes. I'll, I love it. I'll play the 
WGN radio video with uh, David Kaplan and Tom Langmeiger dancing on a on a desk when he didn't he couldn't even name one player on the team. No. Oh, was this was this one? Cap was holding a baseball bat as a microphone. Yes, that one. That was that was the Go Cubs going away, right? Yes. When the whole yes. office did that. Yeah, the only people yeah. I liked in that video were the vendors they videoed. With all due respect to everybody else at WGN at <laughs> the time. Kathy and Judy, solid. They had a solid performance in that. So did this Steve Packer and Dean Richards. They looked good. Good did, cameos. Performed did, well. Dave Ennett, really solid. Very really o- solid. awkward yeah. dancing Dave Ennett outside the showcase studio. Uh, but he gave it his all. And hashtag Dave Ennett, our guy. We all love him. And uh, Cochran's microphone was falling down. John Williams acted like he knew something about baseball. I loved, yes. I loved it. Was, it, was, it, was, it was great. But my point, was. my point is that, like, we – look, their, their publicity is fine. And Jordan and Beto, like, starting point in negotiations, you don't have to have the hardcore negotiation like he's, I don't know, Pedro Strope, who – is a lovely Chicago Cub, but he's Pedro Strope. First is the face of your franchise winning the World Series, Brizzo. Come in with a fair offer if you want to keep him or make no offer. If you're not, you know, five years, 70, and, and listen, I would love to make uh, 17000 in my life, let alone $70 million. But, like, look, that's, that's, <laughs> that's insulting to, to Rizzo. You, it's, it's not going to get it done. So what's the point? They had, they had to know. He wasn't going to say yes. And the Athletic had a great piece. They said that Paul Goldschmidt, uh, when he was in the basically the same position as Rizzo, got a five-year, $130 million extension. That was March of 19. Now things are different now, but like as they write. Things are different than Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt's better, right? I hate saying this, but he's put up better numbers throughout his career. He's so, better. So, I mean, listen, I don't like it either. Yeah. I, As you know, I have great stain for the St. Louis Cardinals. However... If we're being objective here, I listen, yeah. I love Anthony Rizzo. Love. Complete love. They should put a statue of Anthony Rizzo at Wrigley Field for for years to come. One of the most impactful, important Cubs ever. But if we're being honest here, he should not get Paul Goldschmidt money. And the Cubs should yeah. not pay him Paul Goldschmidt money. Because should. regardless of the direction they take, right, whether it's full-blown rebuild in 22 or they go for some kind of middling, whatever this is, like they're doing this year, or they try to win and spend money next year, which I doubt, but I guess that is a possibility. You still don't, in any of those scenarios, you don't want to be paying Anthony Rizzo Goldschmidt money because you're not going to get Goldschmidt performance. So hold on, let's throw in, so DJ LeMayhew, better player than Rizzo, worse player than Rizzo? Right now, I would say better. I'd rather have DJ LeMayhew. So DJ LeMayhew, he's coming off two top four. you Beto? Ooh, I'd have to look, but well, it's tough to disagree because he's, I mean, there's not a ton of great second basemen and he's up there. And in first base, there's a ton of great first basemen no, that, that hit similarly. I mean, he's benefited so. by playing on the Yankees, I think, lifting him up here, but he's coming off two top four, top four MVP finishes. That's significant. He plays a much more important defensive position. He just got a six-year, $90 million, uh, free agent deal entering his 32, age 32. Rizzo's going to be, yeah. you know, will turn. uh going to be age 32. Right. And and by the time this contract signed, he'll be 33 on August 8th, the first season of the new deal. So he's technically older, right? Um, yeah. So that's six and ninety for uh, you know he he doesn't have the Cubs cachet, 
So it, this this does speak to what the Cubs think he's worth. But like, I just want to know: Did they go to Rizzo and say, "Yo, Anthony, my guy, the man who wanted to take on the entire Reds team when I truly fell in love with him in 2014, <laughs> great, one that of the was awesome. one of the great moments in Cub history, uh, certainly on bad Cubs teams." What's the number? What is it? I, I wanted. What exactly is it? I'd like to hear where Rizzo is at, and the, we're never going to get that, obviously. But yeah. you know, I mean, what, what, where are you coming in at there, Doug? And if it's I mean, fi- maybe they need to, or maybe they need to throw in some like high quality kibble for Kevin Rizzo. Is that his, there you go. is Kevin Rizzo his dog? Yeah, what? Kevin I, Rizzo's the dog. I didn't know that Kevin Rizzo's the dog. Kevin Rizzo's the dog. Maybe they need to put in some like salmon pieces or whatever. Listen, all I'm saying is they should, I have no problem with a thank you deal for Anthony Rizzo where the last two years he has paid way more than he's worth and he doesn't give you the performance. But there is a cutoff to that, right? Like it would just be dumb for them to pay him $120 million over five years when he's probably not going to be good in three years. So like, it's just—it's not smart. As much as I love him and I want him to be here for the rest of his Cubs career, objectively, you know, you're looking at if if Lemayhew got ninety, then Rizzo probably should get eighty. Let, let's right? let, sure. I agreed. Let's be idiots just for one second, though, and not necessarily over Rizzo. Hard. This is not hard for you. No, I I lean right into it. It's it's like falling out of bed. Let's just be. I just want you. I want you both to be idiots right now. And which Cub in the history of Cubdom would you? 100% overpay for. I don't care who, what the number is. I have to have him even when he's bad. Like, end of career, I still want him in a Cub uniform. Does anybody jump out? Rizzo's not that for me. Nowhere close to that for me. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go like old school. time? Yep. You're like the one Cub. Yeah, but, like, you're, yeah, but you're probably going with like a, like a Dave Kingman or somebody from like no, the 70s. No, but I, but like, so like a Manny like, Trio. Here, here my, the, the guys, the guys <laughs> that are, the, the guys that are in the team photo for me, like I still want them to sign Kerry Wood. I, I, yes, I, I, in the team I, photo. I, He's I on my Rushmore too. Kerry Wood's last game in the big leagues. I mean, that's one of my claims to fame. When Woody, Who did he Woody strike out again? That was good morning, good afternoon, good night. I, I still Brian think that's Lynn's Nito, biggest right? missed opportunity of all time as a Cubs broadcaster. Not a, when it was O two, not going. Here comes the hook. Could have stolen right from Chip <laughs> Carey, which Chip Carey's best all of all time was that. Yeah. So, yes, but I think it was Dion Vicieto. Was that Vicieto? the big If it is, it's a good poll. This, this is where I fall off on my own podcast. I what just happened? I but yes. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. <laughs> Dion Vicieto. I got to go back in the in the in the archives. But uh, who else is in there with Woody? Like uh, I would go Rizzo. Me, I, I think, think he's Maddox. in that. I mean, when R- they when they traded Maddox for uh, uh, Cesar's Torres, that took a small <laughs> part of me. That. That was like, listen, I get that Maddox was at the end of the career and he was well into dad bod, but he was still good. And that, I mean, the fact that they got Cesar's tourist salad for Greg <laughs> Maddox was like a dagger in the heart. It was a dagger in the heart. They should have paid Greg Maddox until he was 60 for, to right the wrong of letting him go. I'm Googling it. Can, can, I, can I tell a, just an absolute just crusher of a story that this reminds me of for myself, my, my kid fandom? Please do. Sean Dunstan is my, oh, is my right. favorite. I was going there. Go, please. 
Sean, I love Sean Dunstan. Absolutely love him. He was my favorite player. I wore number 12 all through high school, literally, for Sean Dunstan. This was years after he was even off the Cubs. So my dad and I had tickets to go to, like, an August or September game. Yes. And it was Dunstan's second go-around with the Cubs. He's my favorite player. I was so excited to have him back. We're sitting in right field. We literally spent the night before creating the shano meter that's to bring amazing. it to the that's game. A, that's I'm so all amazing. excited. I wake up. My dad walks into my room, and he's, he's like, I got bad news. Hands me the newspaper, and they had traded him to the Pirates that, that night. It was like the most soul-crushing moment ever as a kid. And I just like pouted, whined like, I think I was like 12 and I whined like a five-year-old and my dad's like, great. I'm trying to take, do a nice thing, take my son to a game. And he's just miserable the entire time. So that, that, and he's on my sort of Mount Rushmore. I wanted that guy to always just be with the Cubs somehow in some way. So me too, my all time favorite. And by the way, reading it right now, September 1, 1997, the Chicago Cubs traded John Dunstan to the Pittsburgh Pirates on Sunday night while Beto was sleeping for a, for a player to be named later. The Pirates shortstop, Kevin Polkovich, have no Who idea. Is that? I have no Why idea. Why did he ruin my life? Because he injured his ankle Friday night against Milwaukee. He was placed on the 15-day DL. Dunstan, oh. he was 34 at the time, was hitting 284, damn it, in 114 games, led the Cubs with 29 stolen bases. His playing was time. Was on base 286? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Probably. Totally fine. I'm, I'm good with it. His playing time dropped after the Cubs acquired Manny Alexander. In a trade with the New York Mets, Alexander would later, would later inject Sammy Sosa's buttocks with steroids. <laughs> the, the, the Rockies will call up. This John, is in that article. I, basically, that was written there. I didn't. I couldn't believe it. Uh, the Colorado Rockies will call up John Vanderwall. Da, 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 da. I, that trade, Mark Grace cried when they made that deal and put up a baseball card of Dunstan in his locker. And Jim Riggleman had to address the media and be like, you know, we ain't winning a lot of games around here. We got guys crying when people are going out the door because we're trying to turn things around. I'm like, I'm crying too, Jim. You know, that was my that was my first year uh, out of that was the first year I was covering the old the old Cubbies. Beto was crying oh. and, and I was. Uh, I somehow had a pass from I don't even I, from Bruce Levine in the sports ticker, and uh, I asked Doug Glanville to do an interview, and he said yes, and I, I and he's my still my best friend. Uh, in, I was gonna in say, sport. of course he said yes. He's the greatest, Doug he, Glanville. He is the, the, he's the greatest. That's another guy, by the way, that when when, when we've, we've been down the Glanville for Dini trade. I but for me, it's Wood Dunstan and like probably Hawk. I I don't know Sam Sammy. I hate. I, I still have love for Sammy somewhere, but not on that level. Um, I'm going red, though. I, I think know, he's, I, he's on I, my I team picture. And, and, and by the way, on this team, Bryant. I, I am more Bryant than Rizzo. Okay. Are you? I think maybe I've just made peace. Maybe I'm wrong that he's going to be gone, so I think that's hard. But I think what I like about Rizzo is that, not that these other guys didn't, but He's not from here, but he wore the whole, like, I want to be on the team that breaks the curse sort of thing. He always talked about it. Even that interview right after, the first they asked him, like, what's going through your mind? And the first thing he said was uh, 108 years. And that, like, resonates the hell out of me with the hell out of me with, with things like that. So I think that's, like, why out of maybe he's not the best player of the group. He won't have the best next five years of the core. But the guy I think would be the hardest to see in another uniform. Again, totally subjective, just personal preference. Is he? Can I give you guys one sort of out of the box take here? Yeah. There's going to be, to me, and I'm speaking only for myself, 
if next year they break this team up, which is probably likely to be the case, to me that's going to be harder to have part of it here in terms of the core than to just blow the whole thing up. Like, if they let one of them go and then it's just every year afterwards it's just going to be one fewer, that's like a slow burn. Right? Like, if they yep. decide that Rizzo's still here, but Bryant is not here, and then Baez the year after, and then Contreras, I'd rather them just go full Donnie Murphy and just. It's so true. The entire thing. So you want 99 bolts. You want, like, Rusty yeah. LaRue out there. You want, I, I like, want a Khalid Keith Lewis. You, you want, yes, you, you want those bolts. Trade Kyle Hendricks. I'm with you, Jordan, a thousand percent. Like what? What we don't need is the gradual breakup where she calls once a month and lets you back in for for one more night of extravaganza, and then you go a whole another month waiting for the next call. That's not what we need. Is this going? Is this hitting close to home? This is right. This I'm is, sorry. This is this is nineteen ninety five home. Ninety four home. <laughs> <laughs> this is first girlfriend ever leaving me. I'll never get another one in my life. Home. It was a tough home. Um, <laughs> It was, this is like like we're we're like angry, and I am with you in this. And talking about awful moments, we are 24 hours from opening day. Can we talk about like some nice things sure. that we're excited about? Like maybe top opening day moments, something like that. Nah. So yeah, well, well I, I'm I so jaded. <laughs> did you see the? Well, not us. We would never be. Did you see the clip that Marquis posted of? Uh, Kosuke's home run on opening day in 2008. Yes. That yes. literally made my that. morning. I saw that clip and I got so excited because I remember being a college senior, I think. Yeah, uh, you would have and, been because that was a year out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Kosuke, so I remember Kosuke. on opening day, I had to anchor a news class, uh, anchor a newscast in my broadcasting class. And I showed up in a suit and my blue Zambrano jersey, because I'm a lunatic, and I made them put one of the TVs in our newsroom onto WGN so that I could watch the Cubs opener. And I'm watching the game, not preparing for my newscast, did a very bad newscast as the anchor, ran home, got back to my apartment in Syracuse in the top of the ninth, see the home run, start screaming and freaking out only for Kerry Wood to blow the game in the tenth. I was like, they, they did lose that game, right? Yeah, okay, there they it is. Lost. They did. Yeah. But that moment with Kosuke was extraordinary. That was 13 years to the day, too. It was March 31st. Cause I, I remember going with – I went with my dad opening day, and that was one of my two opening days I've been to. And it was cold, but Kosuke teed off on Eric Gagne, and that was, that was pretty nice. <laughs> I do remember, too – because I think that the temperature tomorrow is supposed to be like four degrees for the opener. Um, There was an opener one year that my dad and I went to where Ted Lilly had a no-hitter into the seventh, and we were so cold that we had no idea that he was throwing a no-hitter. We left because we were freezing, and we get in the car, and Pat Hughes is like, Lilly working on a no-hitter? And we were like, wait, what? We it no was idea. that miserable. You couldn't, you couldn't even the awareness yeah. of the no hitter was not even there. <laughs> no, not no idea. Seriously, no idea. Just it was for, more just freezing. 
I, I'm gonna. Carm, what's your what's your all time favorite in person Cubs opening opening day moment? Is it 1969 Willie Smith walk off or? I, I have to uh, um, uh, admit that I've just completely lost track of what's going on in the conversation because I'm reading about the Greg Maddox Cesar's tourist trade, and and, so, and <laughs> I'm gonna vomit. I'm gonna vomit. Quote: Greg Maddox obviously has been one of the best starting pitchers in the game for a long time. Ned Coletti, Dodgers GM, said of the 327 game winner, we liked him not only because of his ability to start, but also his ability to help with our young pitchers. I believe this guy can can gain quite a bit, uh, or I believe these guys can gain quite a bit in talking with Greg Maddox. The Dodgers gave up Cesar is Turris, who this is 06, right? That's when that trade was. Yep, July yes. July 3rd. And by the way, Greg Maddox won another what 30 he won 355 games he pitched well he won for, almost another 30 games he, he, yeah because he went to this Padres after the Dodgers right yeah but he and if yeah. I remember I'm pulling it up right now 2006 he was as we just said 37 with the Cubs that year he was 9 and 11 with a 469 with the Dodgers he was 6 and 3 with a 330 he started 12 games 73 and 2 thirds innings pitched 66 hits we suck we're so bad you traded Greg Maddox after you let him go to the Braves for Cesar as tourist that's just that's just gross i'm sorry all right uh favorite opening day i think it was yeah. the 1989 Mitch Williams walking the bases loaded or loading the bases at least and then striking out three in a row and and Dunstan going absolutely crazy like banging on him that you guys are probably too young for that but it was a great one that's solid too young wild for it, thing right I've heard about it I I was I think I hated the trade at the time I was 14 year old Carm was like or 89 I was what it's 15 16 years old I like you're giving up the uh, Rafael Palmero for a closer and we're not good and then all of a sudden they got good and Grace battled Mark you know uh Will Clark in the 89 series and all that type of stuff but it wasn't much of a battle it wasn't right? much of a battle lost in five <laughs> the whole thing was miserable uh you, but hold on. I'm all over the map here on what you want to do, but I have positive for you, Beto. You want positive? You ready for positive? I actually do. I really want some positive. Have you paid attention to the numbers of Zach Davies this this spring? Have you have you have you noticed what Zach Davies is doing? Dude's throwing. Yeah, he, I'm. I'm not putting. You know me. I I only put stock in spring training numbers when they're good. So yes, I've noticed, <laughs> and it's it's amazing. But that aside, I do think. Like, I mean, look, I know he's at Petco. I get that. But that aside, like, he's kind of sneaky good. Like, I know he's not you, and you can't replace that production, and he's not a number two, I don't, you know, think. But I I think that he's a lot better than what people think. So, I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited to see what he does this year. Two earned runs in sixteen and two thirds Cactus League's innings for Zach Davies. Hell didn't yes! You, didn't you feel like when the Cubs went against them, they never hit him? That's like an anecdote in my head. I don't know if it's actually true, but I felt like anytime because well, the Cubs can't hit the slow Brewers. throwing pitchers, they've never hit slow yeah. throwing pitchers. They 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 couldn't get they couldn't touch him. I always felt like that. They also can't hit high velocity pitchers. So <laughs> you have to be what, a medium what, velocity. Pitcher. What would you say you do here? <laughs> yes, they can hit ninety-two mile an hour fastballs. Is what you're saying? Yes, <laughs> yes. Like if they're facing a medium velocity starter, owning him. Anyone else? Nope. Know him. I'm going in. Is Am Zach, I wrong? 
uh, if you don't throw, uh, if you don't throw the ball right down the middle with nothing on it in, in, in a normal Cub year, we can't hit you. <laughs> if it's 2016, I'm saying, 20... this was supposed to be positive. <laughs> we flipped it right back. negativity. I mean, honestly, uh, like I am one other good opening day moment. Actually, it was a terrible game. I think Dimitri Young just absolutely tattooed. I don't know if it was like Steve Traxel or Kevin Tappan or something, but '99 was cool because '98 was a great season, and they did the Harry statue and the hey hey on the foul poles. So I got to see that with my with my parents. It was a miserably cold day again, but that was that was a cool moment because those both of those things are still standing. I think so, Demetri Young. I haven't thought about that guy in a couple decades either. So I think my least favorite. I know my least favorite opening day was nineteen ninety three. Hang on, let me just pull this up here. Steve Bouchel, Rick Wilkins having a year. It, they were so bad. Great call, by the way. Rick Wilkins was uh, twenty three. The Cubs were good. No, they weren't. The 84, Look at their, they were they about 500. Look at their numbers. Eight, you're right. You're right. 84 and 78. Hell of a job by Jim Lefevre, who will bring the pennant fever. Now that I'm remembering that, <laughs> that is. A, uh, I totally. I I do not remember them being good, but I do remember. Hold on a second. If I can pull it up here, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. The game log from that year. I want to say that Mike Morgan started opening day because Maddox was in Atlanta, and it was just instant freaking death and they yeah they opened up against the Braves and lost to uh Atlanta one one nothing is that right ouch did Maddox start for the Braves yep sure did Maddox versus shut him down Maddox versus Morgan one nothing in a game that took like three minutes two hours and 25 minutes (laughs) that's insane and I was like can you do me a favor this is going way off the rails can you look up Rick Wilkins? I'll do it. His away stats and tell me it's not like for that year and tell me they're not like the best statistics in the history of hitting catchers. Rick, Rick Wilkins. Hold on a second here. I, I remember he had 30 bombs. That was that year and he had 73 RBIs, which is like impossible to do. Oh, hold on. 93 Rick Wilkins. Like 30 homers and 73 RBI? Yep. All Look, the, that sounds like split. what didn't Chris Bryant have a season like that three years ago? Yeah, but Rick Wilkins was a is a catcher and in ninety three that was a big deal. Split. Yeah, it was. That's true. Split Back when Mike Piazza was like the only guy kidding catcher that was good. Splits. Away Rick Wilkins. Sixty four games, fifty six starts, uh two hundred and eight at bats. He hit three three fifty. That's incredible. Three fifty six away. Hit two fifty six at Wrigley. So a hundred points. I can do the math there for you. Twenty homers wow. on the road. Ten at home. Uh, he even stole stole two bases on the road compared to none at home. He walked thirty one times on the road. Struck out thirty eight times. He walked nineteen times at home. Struck out sixty one times. Rick Wilkins yeah. was doing something on the road. He must have had somebody in every city that was coming along with him. Ricky Wilkins was, was Victor getting it done. Conti in the traveling party that year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just traveling around under a different name. Yeah. Rick Wilkins. Look at, look at read the slash line. I guarantee it's just absolutely insane. Just, the, the batting average, slugging, OPS. Uh, let's see here. Bat two 
356-447-12. So OPS of 1,151. 1-1-5-1. 11-51 OPS on the road in like 60 games. That's insane. That's, that, that is unbelievable. Truly unbelievable. I'm looking at Rick Wilkins. This is why you come to this podcast, by the way. Rick Wilkins, that year on a 3-0 and count, was a perfect two for two. <laughs> Thanks for that, Carl. Well, this is the content people say. Yeah, this is that, that $17,000 that you wish. This you guy, wish for it's not coming from this podcast. I'll tell you that much. This, this guy was unbelievable. <laughs> in a one-in-one one count, one one count that year, what do you think, what do you think uh, good old Rick Wilkins hit? I have no idea. He hit five hundred. Nor do I care. Five hundred in a one-on-one count. But aren't you in, like amazed? Like that that stat line is his road splits in nineteen ninety three are incredible. And like I said, there wasn't like a ton of great hitting catchers then. The Cubs in the nineties were running out Damon Berryhill and Scott Service. Benito and- Santiago. Benito Santiago and like everyone else. And it wasn't like, I mean, they were good defensive catchers, but they couldn't hit. And then here comes Rick Wilkins, who all of a sudden is Babe Ruth on the road in 93. What about, didn't Benito Santiago wear the number 09 for many years? The 09? Did he wear an O and a 9? Or is it 0? I think it was a 09. Benito. That, that, that'd be aggressive. Did I, I, I did tell I you. I think that he did. I did tell you the Benito Santiago George Offman story. Have I ever told you that? Please tell us the story. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. He I know George is a friend of the podcast too, so he might he might catch it. He is great he, man. He retweets. Well, never, we love George. Never listens, but retweets. God bless him. Um, I, maybe maybe <laughs> he listens. Claims to listen. I don't buy it. Um, that would be unlike the pattern of this podcast. Actually, it's growing. Thank you so much, everybody. You're right. He wore O nine. He wore O nine for the Marlins. He wore O nine for the Padres. Let me see Benito Santiago. That's a fun fact that you never forget. Oh, nine. That is really good. For the Cubs, he just wore nine. But before that, he wore oh, nine. Okay, but I so- wonder if that was like an MLB thing where they got a bunch of guys in the room together were like, dude, you're going to need to drop the zero. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody got paid to make that decision. Like, I mean, you know, some of the ridiculous like fines people get for like cleats and stuff like that. Like, maybe this is one of those yeah. things. Like, yeah, we just can't have the zero. Can't have it. So yeah. it, <laughs> it maybe the best move in Cub history, dude. Grow up. Get rid of the zero. I so so it was. <laughs> It was December. The team is a zero. You don't have to be a zero. We don't need the add-on. Just give us the nine. Let's go Jordan Olympic as an MJ. So it was December 9th, 1998. Mark Carmen, yours truly, was an intern at WSCR The Score. And uh, I'm sitting there trying to make my way producing or, you know, working with producers of the morning show, Rick Geezer. And a good old Ed Creech, who you never, you guys never met, was a very miserable man in the morning. Hated his job. Uh, Tom Tom Share hosting, Jim Memolo hosting, uh, Geezer, and, and then and a young Carmen who was bad at his Jimmy job. This is a crew. Yeah, this was the crew. I know. Uh, and so, Offman update guy. He would, I think, he would like start at ten, and he'd be in his update booth until like five in the afternoon with. Uh, the monsters of the midday uh, North and Jiggets and uh, the heavy fuel crew of Boers and McNeil. So he comes running in. He's all heated. He's like sweating, and he's like, and I, he get out, like, you know, get, excuse me, excuse me. I'm like, George, what's going on? And you know, I didn't have a great relationship with George at that point. I was just trying to get to know the guy. But he's like, Cubs are signing Santiago. Cubs are signing. <laughs> 
Offman had the scoop. Benito's. It's like he, he, it's like he's breaking that Babe Ruth was sold to the Yankees. Santiago. The Cubs are signing Benito Santiago. Isn't he old and bad? Thirty-three years old, the twelve-year vet. He was coming after fifteen games with the Blue Jays the prior year when he had strained ligaments in his knee. Uh, yeah. That's the Cubs and Benito. And he had the like the weird crouch where he would throw from his he was his crouching position. He, he had was, that left leg that like 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 a dog a male dog was peeing. That's what he looked like <laughs> when he was catching, right? Yes. <laughs> that, that was him and, and there was there was a catcher on the Pirates he, who did that too. Um and he was he a, had a hose though, Santiago. Like I mean he could yeah. zip it. His pop time had to be really good. Yeah, no, he was he was an incredible athlete. Who was the guy on the Pirates, I gotta look it up. Um anyway, doesn't matter. All right, we're we're well over time here of what I thought we would do today. So listen, opening day is tomorrow. Uh let's let's give our let's 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 all take a deep breath for just one minute and give our three hopes for the Cubs in twenty twenty one. Just go when you're ready. Let's meditate into it. Three hopes for the Cubs. Anybody want to raise their hand and go first here? I'm still thinking. Speedo, you want to go first? <laughs> uh, well, I guess I got it now. One is that Kyle Hendricks starts Game 7 of the World Series. Oh, that's so good. That's one. That's so good. I love it. Uh, two, that Chris Bryant wins the MVP and then is brought back. These are realistic hopes, right? Okay, good, because that's what these are. Absolutely. No doubt. I love it. And that three... As much as I love you, Darvish, Zach Davies posts better numbers than you, Darvish. Oh, that'd be year. so good. I'd love that so much. I so, know you would. These are I know you would. Great ideas. <laughs> these are all very realistic. I wish I could parlay all three of them happening in Vegas because it would be free money and we could, we could, well, we'd start, we'd have, we'd have to do the podcast anymore because we'd all be rich. So it's true. That's true. Um, I'll give you three slightly less realistic ones than those because. Clearly, those were very realistic. Um, I'd say, one, that uh, Chris Bryant has a bounce-back great year. That somehow he's able to have a great year at least until the August trade deadline. That would be amazing. Because if they're not going to keep him, which I suspect they're not, if they can maximize value for him, that would be the best possible thing if he's not going to be on the team. Number two would be that Jock Peterson has a great season and it takes some of the sting out of the fact that Kyle Schwarber is going to probably rake for the Nationals, which we we all know is going to happen. Um, and number three is that Jake Arrieta returns to some semblance of the man formerly known as Jake Arrieta when he was on the Cubs last, which probably will not happen, but that is my hope for opening day. I loved every single one of those. I love that was it. so beautiful. You were positive. We're ending on a positive. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go positive too. Uh, number one, Ian Happ seizes the leadoff hole. Oh, this is just this is getting me excited. <laughs> and it's one of the big stories in baseball how Happ has learned to lay off the high fastball. And the off-speed pitch in the dirt, and all the shit he swings at all to the time. 
historically <laughs> and is just a phenomenal leadoff guy. We love you, Ian Happ. That's number one. Number two, Craig Kimbrell <laughs> finds the oh knuckle, the knuckle no. curve and realizes that velocity was too taxing, but there's another way to pitch. And all of a sudden, he's become the 2021 Bob Tewksbury. <laughs> This is just this is fantastic. I don't even have to watch Cinemax anymore. This is this is getting me excited as it is. <laughs> and number three. Amazingly, he no longer hits the ball anywhere close to right field. Second base, you're going Jason Hayward. I am. Opposite way <laughs> is the only way for the man for Jay who, Hay. For Jay Hay who gave the greatest speech in Cubs history, and now his best friend is the left center field gap. And he owns it every damn day and is an all-star once again. Jay Hay, what do you say? The Cubs are going to win today. (laughs) (laughs) So 65 wins, right? 98 wins, Cubs. Let's go. One time. One time, baby. Yes, yeah, sixty fired up. Sixty-three. We're gonna do it. All right, we're gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the next question: If they don't win tomorrow, how many days will Cap spend in the fan van? Oh, <laughs> oh. I mean, I, I mean, seriously though, like this sounds like the most overreactive thing. If they lose like two of three to the Pirates. To this Pirates team, I'm just going to be like this. Season. It's like we all are going to. Well, oh, well, if they lose tomorrow, I'm pretty sure I will be like this team. Is I'm done. Chad Cool is starting tomorrow, right? So we have Hendricks, Chad Cool. We got a Seinfeld infield. We've talked about Hayes. We went through and named around the horn with the Pirates last time. So I'm going to be. I'm, it's going to be a rough go. We lose two out of three. We, we trade everyone. Thank you for listening to the Windy City Cubs podcast. <laughs> Next week we actually get to talk about games, so we probably can leave the Mitch Williams talk for uh, you know next season in the offseason. More Rick Wilkins, though, next week. We will not <laughs> take that away from you. More Manny Trio, please, as well. We're going to break down <laughs> Wilson Cone-Treris and how he's doing on a one-two count all season long. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Thanks for uh, dialing it up today. Jordan, you want to say goodbye today? Bye, everybody. So long, everybody. Harry Carey and Steve Stone. We go in the bottom of the second with Steve Bochelle leading it off. Steve Bouchelle has a very sore left elbow. Oral Hershiser hit him in the elbow, and unfortunately for Steve... It got a lot more of the bone than it did the meat. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. There's a drive by Bouchelle way back in the left center, way back near the fence, going to be caught, and it is. Scott Bullitt ran over to near the ivy, past the 368-foot mark. And they, they honored Rick Wilkins. He is now called what? Sir Wilkins? Sir Rick. Sir Rick.
Wilkins hitting 295, one home run behind Sammy Sosa. Wilkins had two out of four yesterday. No, I'm taking that back. One out of four. Line drive, base hit, right field. The game is tied. Here's Derek May racing to third. So Bouchel drives in his 36th run of the year. Toske hits a high fly ball. Deep right center. Back toward the wall is Gwynn. That ball is gone. Yes! Game tied 3-3. Yes, sir! Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.